1: Good afternoon. I am Pina Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we're working every single week to be your public radio source for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. All right. Let me get upcoming events out of the way so that we can move on to our awesome uh, guest today. Uh, tomorrow, that is Thursday, April the 15th, formerly known as tax day, but maybe never again to be tax day. Who knows? Cincinnati area has its, uh, bi-monthly meeting, second one in April. And the topics are, uh, how to get all the leads you want off of Facebook and also, a big, big inspection problems that look little. Uh, Jerry Fink was my guest last week and talked some about the inspection process, but he's going to be doing an hour-long presentation where he shows you some examples of stuff that you've probably seen in houses before that you went, eh, you know, how bad could it be? It's a little leak. And then it turns out to be a $2,000 repair or a $10,000 repair that you completely missed because you didn't understand what you were looking at. So good meeting for folks who are looking for more leads or who need to get better at their inspections and estimating skills. And guess what? It's online. Only the first meeting of the month currently is live, so you could attend from anywhere in the United States by going to CincinnatiREA.com. That's C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-R-E-I-A.com. Uh, members and first-time guests are free. You can Download a free guest pass there if you've never been before. So uh look forward to seeing you there tomorrow night. Today's guest is one of our X-Factor investors. Long-time listeners know that uh, every month or two, I bring on a person that you may or may not have heard of who has had a long and successful and often varied career in real estate, not to talk about the strategic stuff, not to talk about how to wholesale or how to do short sales or whatever the, their area of expertise is, but rather how did they get there in the first place? How is it that when so many people start down the path of real estate riches, but fall off or get lost in the woods or trip or I don't know, land in a tiger trap. We don't know what happens to them. Do these folks get to the end? How do they, how do they become enders? How do they become the folks that we all start out wanting to be? And My guest today is one of those names that's going to be familiar to a lot of Real Life Real Estate listeners and just investors around the country. It's Dwan Bent Twyford, who is probably best known as a short sale guru. In fact, she has done interviews here on Real Life Real Estate about the short sale world and what's happening in it right now and how to do those things. But what most of you probably don't know about her is that she does way more than short sales. She's done subject to deals. She's bought rental. She's done high-end rehabs. And she is single-handedly redeveloping the entire downtown of a small-town in Iowa, even as we speak, she's got 30 years experience in all kinds of markets, ranging from geographic Florida, Denver, Iowa, uh, to, of course, the up markets and the down markets. And she is joining us from her project in Iowa. Duane, welcome to Real Life Real Estate.
2: Hey, girl! Thanks for having
1: me on the show today. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited to be talking to you because this is a side of you that people are not going to have heard before. You, you're usually when you're asked to do something, when you're asked to do a a webinar or a, a you know come speak at a ria group, it's always about one thing. Mm-hmm. It's always you know talk about short sales, Duan. Talk about short sales, Duan. But right. that <laughs> short sales, you know, the, the the fact that you have gotten really, really super good at a particular tactic does not explain. How you have been able to do all the stuff that you have been able to do in real estate? So, what's your deal?
2: (laughs) What's your deal? You can't steal my line. I
1: I totally can, and I just did.
2: Oh, I love it. Oh. I don't even know what my deal is anymore, girl. I tell you, we are uh, wholesale, rehabbing houses. We're working on a town. So apparently I am now uh, rehabbing a town. So I don't even know if I even had the category. (laughs) uh, I think Bill and I just turned 60 and kind of lost our minds and said, "Ah, go big or go home.
1: Uh, No, I think you turned 60 and you said, it's not about the money anymore. It's about keeping myself entertained and feeling like I'm doing something in the world and then whatever, whatever that turns out to be. That's what, that's what you do. I mean, that's kind of, yeah. That that's what, that's what everybody really wants. They think what they really want is the money, but it's not the money. It's the ability to go, man, eh, you know what? I feel like rehabbing an entire town and and then actually, it, actually tr- being able to pull it off.
2: <laughs> it's true. It really, you know, honestly, that really does kind of hit it because at some point it is not about Income and making money. It's not about your retirement. It's just not about that anymore. And you have to, um, stay interested. And, you know, after you wholesale thousands of houses, it's not that it's still not exciting that you help every homeowner, but it's not like personally as exciting as it was, you know, way in the beginning. So I think for us, it was more like, Hey, this sounds like a really fun thing. Do we know how to do it? No. So we're sort of newbies at what we're doing, but oh my gosh, we're having so much fun!
1: Oh, don't you love being a newbie again?
2: I am. I am. Oh yeah, I'm having to learn all kinds of things about the city and the mayors and the the codes and how to get grants. It's like this is so much work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's just let's start with kind of kind of the arc of how, of how all of this happened and you know give us like the two minute summary of from the strategies from the first deal you did up through the evolution of those because I know as as the markets changed you you know now now I'm doing more of this now I'm doing more of this now I'm doing more of this to where you are today.
2: Two minutes. okay so I started off as a broke single mom. And, and that really was my motivation. I was, you know, my husband was gone. My daughter was eight months old and I just really wanted to figure out something I could do from home and not have to have her to be raised in daycare. And just as state would have it, I discovered real estate investing and rehabbing specifically. And when I met these people and they were talking about rehabbing, my mind heard decorate, you just decorate houses and sell them. And I thought, how hard could that be? I'll do that. <laughs> so, As we all know, rehabbing and decorating are not the same thing. And so I did that for a few years. Then I discovered wholesaling. And that's actually where my my life changed as far as income. Because now I could just flip houses to other investors and not have to physically rehab anymore. And my income just, like, went through the roof. I had more money than I knew what to do with. And then progressing along, you start buying some rental And, you know, a few rehabs here, doing some rentals, doing some short sales, teaching seminars, writing some books. And then Bill and I were like, oh, you know, we need to do something. Like, Let's do something we've never done before. And so we started learning about Opportunity Zones, which are all around the country. So everybody Google Opportunity Zone and look in any area, anywhere, and find out what's going on. And built hometown, the actual downtown, just the six little blocks of the downtown is 100% in an opportunity zone. So we said, hey, let's just buy one building, and we'll fix it up, and we'll put an antique mall in it, and that will be fun. And two years later, we have 15 buildings. Because, you know, my husband can't do anything small. <laughs> and we run an antique mall. I have a clothing boutique. I have a marketplace. I have an event center. And 15 buildings that have commercial tenants, apartments, lofts, and it's just this crazy giant thing now. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And you spend, you spend quite a lot of the year there. Uh, well, even though your homes are in Florida and in Colorado, you guys, uh, between the two of you, probably spend, what, four or five months a year there well, working on that, in right? In
2: Iowa, yes. We do. Now I am actually in Florida right now, so I, I uh-huh. am in Florida enjoying the beauty and the sunshine for the next couple of weeks. But we started when we first started working on Iowa, we we love to still do workshops and we do two day workshops and like our, our real fun for us is is you know, teaching new people, watching their lives change. Like we still really love that. But when COVID came and the workshops just dried up. We were like, well, let's just work on our buildings. Cause you know my husband loves to rehab, and so does my son. So I don't think intentionally we started that we were going to physically do all of this work ourselves. But with COVID and traveling, and we thought, well, let's just let's just work in Iowa for a while. So we have been spending a lot of time there, a lot of time. And uh, now I have to be, admit, I am not doing any of the actual rehabbing. I, I'm more starting the businesses, getting those running, taking care of that, and the boys are doing the, the physical. And we have crews and stuff there too. But my husband loves to work, and he is a man that without a project, he's super miserable. So I want to keep him in Iowa working as much as possible. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'd have to kill him, and that'd be a whole nother i'll <laughs> not
1: a call <laughs> uh, yeah from 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 a phone that kept saying every five minutes please deposit another 25 cents to continue to talk to this prisoner um okay so so all right we got we got sort of the the big picture here now what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break is good lord what does your day look like how how what are, what are your what are your What are like your basic thought processes that have allowed you to do all of this stuff for all of these years? And, of course, we want to invite listeners to ask those kinds of questions, too. They can do Uh that either by calling in at 877-772-9658 or by sending an email to askvena at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's an X Factor interview day. I'm talking to Dwan Bent Twyford and what we're trying to get to here is the stuff that you, you, you don't hear in classes. I mean, the, the classes are all, you know, tactical, strategic. How do I, how do I, how do I? But there's clearly for each successful investor a background, a, a set of circumstances or philosophies or something that caused them to be able to be successful, stay successful, stick to it for year after year after year. And to me, I don't know about you guys, you listeners, but to me, that's just as interesting because over the years, a lot of the folks who've had a lot of effect on me, it's been because I saw some habits that they had and I adopted those. I saw the, the, the books they read and the people that they, uh, that they listen to, and so I read those books and listened to those people, and that's really what we're we're uh, getting to today with Dwan. Again, if you have questions for her, 877 eight seven 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 two nine six five eight is the phone number. The email is askvina at gmail and let me let me spell that out for you. It's a s k v like in Victor e n a at gmail.com and you can send those in anytime during the show up until we get down about the last five minutes at which point I will not be able to ask your question uh so Dwan Mm -hmm. let's talk about habits okay because your whole family is involved in your real estate business you your husband the kids and and you and I have had discussions about how you all actually have different sets of habits that all they all work for whatever each of you has to do. You know, Bill, you mentioned Bill, your husband, my husband, yeah. his, 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 I don't know, the structure of his personality or his habits or something is he has to have something to do from the minute he wakes up in the morning to the minute he goes to bed at night he's got a he's got a habit of just go 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 find something to do make something happen you know shake something out of a tree do something (laughs) (laughs) your 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 habits that you think have made you successful as you as you look back and think you know here's what I did that I don't see other people do what what would you say those were
2: well I think, you know, like if you look at like maybe the first decade, so the the first decade I was investing, you know, Ayla was in uh, elementary school, she was young, so I had a really good schedule because, you know, we would get up, have our breakfast, I took her to school, I worked, doing whatever I was doing, whether it would be door knocking, following up on calls, I'd be rehabbing at one of my houses, and then I would pick her up and have that evening dinner, homework. And then after she would go to bed at night, I would get back on the phone or I would be building cabinets on my living room floor or I would be doing something. So I was very scheduled, but I was very scheduled because of her schedule. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I could just drop everything at 10 o'clock at night and go talk to a homeowner who's like, hey, I want to sign a contract right now. <laughs> but no, my daughter's in bed. We'll have to take a different time. So I and I'm not really a super scheduled person. Naturally, I was just in the school schedule, and um, so I, so I was just organized. I had you know different days for different things. Like this day would be a closing. This day would be a door knocking day. This nighttime might be follow up. These days I'd be rehabbing or overseeing my crews or doing whatever. So obviously, having a schedule is really important. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that new people make. If they don't treat it really like it's a job, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm gonna roll out of bed at ten today and you know hit a, a few doors or work over here on my house or whatever. They don't treat it like it's a job. If you had a job, job, and you had to be there from nine to five, you'd be there from nine to five or you'd be fired. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, you, even though you're working for yourself, you're still trying to build um, a business, and you still have to treat it like it's not even like it's a job, but like it's a business. With the same kind of schedule you would have if you worked for someone else. Mm-hmm. So scheduling, and I, and that I feel, for me, that's a weak spot naturally, but it worked out because of Ayla being in the school. So it forced me to have a schedule, and which now, you know, now, of course, I'm older, and I don't have to be quite as strict about my schedule. So I find myself being a bum some days <laughs> just being like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I also like doing that today. I was I'm going to just go lay in the sun and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, well, so scheduling is is important.
1: Unfortunately, some of the things you can do when you've set up the assets and the income and the people and the resources later on is not stuff that you can do when you're building that. Mm-hmm. It, most most hey. most real estate investors who are, you know, 30 years up the road and they're kind of, they can be bums if they want to. We'll, we'll say, oh, but no, that's not the way it was <laughs> the first, the first five no. years I was no, in no, the no. business.
2: If if, you no, know, if I was like I am this very day back then, I don't think I, I'm certain I would not have been as successful as I was. So I feel like it's just really important that people really honestly realize if you want to build a business that you can live on and do for, you know, your, uh, whatever your adult life is left that you have, and that's how you want to have your retirement and set up your future, you really have to treat it like a business. You got to show up. You've got to schedule and you have to learn. This is one of my biggest, um, things for me was setting boundaries. And I'll give an example way back in the day. If I knocked on a door and a homeowner said, Hey, come on in. I might go in there and sit there for three hours and talk to them and still never sign a contract. So I'd be like, oh man, I just wasted three hours. But I mean, I did this for like a decade. It wasn't like I did it for a year or two. It was like a decade of having that mindset that, well, I got to try to make this deal work because I don't know when the next deal is coming. So I have to do whatever it takes to make this one work. So I'll waste three hours with these people and then they don't do anything. And so I think you have to set a boundary for yourself of not being in the mindset of, I have to make every single solitary deal work, which is what my mindset was at that time. So if someone could call me at 8 o'clock at night and I'd talk to them for three hours and then they'd go, okay, well, thanks for the information. You know, we'll get back to you. i never hear from them again. And when I look back at the amount of hours that I wasted because I didn't technically have like, honestly, I didn't have the balls. To just say, no, I can talk to you for 15 minutes. I have other people to see today. I can reach back out to you on a different day than today. And once I started really not being terrified of, I can't let this, this maybe deal go. I started making so much more money, but that was, I mean, I was, I'm talking like I did that for a decade. I didn't, if anyone was even remotely interested in talking to me, I was right there mm-hmm. and. And it took me a long time, and finally I was like, you know what? These people run me around. I'm so tired of this. I'm just going to start saying no to people. (laughs) And I started making so much more money. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. And
2: I feel like for most new ones, especially brand new, who really need a deal, and like, I've only got one deal in my pipeline. I have to do everything in the world to make this deal work. I understand that because I did that. But you have to just say, you know what? No. I will dedicate this much time, and if this person's not ready to work with me, I have to say next and I have to move on because I have to find a person who's ready today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. So let me flip that question around and say, as you look at other real estate investor folks, or I guess any business person, what habits do you see in them that you wish you had, but you just haven't been able to
2: develop them? At this point, or or in the first the, two today. Um. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like, and I'm not like bragging on myself, but I feel like over the years, I have been very good about scheduling. I think some of the things uh, right now, I wish I would have done a little bit sooner. is taken more time to take better care of my health, not letting myself just work from the morning to the night without a break. And being so hungry all the time for things. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to embrace the concept now of, Hey, if I, if, you know, if I want to just work a few hours on this day or lots of hours on that day or not at all on this day, it's okay. But there's still a place in my brain that's like, well, you can't just like take off the whole day and go do nothing because <laughs> then you're a bum. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, I think I'm still kind of working on on the mindset that it's okay to not be like Bill, not to be busy every minute of the day. Because honestly, at some point, it's just exhausting.
1: Did you did you grow up in an atmosphere where your parents were like super duper hardworking and that was just like, that was why you... They would yes. have said I, that, 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 you know, of, of course you work hard 24-7 if that's what it takes. Is there anything, is there anything in that from your, the way you were raised?
2: I, I think so. Cause you know, I was raised in Ohio, but I was raised in a small town called West Milton, Ohio and we had 10 acres and my parents were from the South. So my dad would work all day at the power company. And then when he would come home, he'd be working in the garden, working with the animals, running a part-time fruit market, doing some real estate. Uh, a real estate agents making some sales. So it was always like, you know, work your job and then put these extra hours in, so you can get ahead in life, retire young, have money, and so on. And just, I think, just kind of that always push, 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 and that work ethic made made me feel like, okay, well, if I'm not busy working all day, then uh, I'm not being productive. And so, yeah, I think some of that was inbred into me. A, a lot, mm-hmm. and finally, at some point, I was like, you know what? I don't need to work a million hours every single day. I need to work smarter. So, working smarter, what that looked like for me was hiring things, hiring assistants, delegating tasks I did not enjoy, and 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 having assistants, you know, for several different things, so that I could focus on the pieces of the business that I really liked the most and that were like emotionally the most fulfilling for me and learning how to delegate some of those things out because I'm a little bit of a control freak and uh, for a lot of years, I did everything, all the paperwork, all the the rehabbing, hiring the guys, going and buying the items and delivering them because I didn't trust my guys to go pick out the right stuff and like every little detail, I had to do everything and when I first started delegating it, I felt a lot of anxiety about letting things go into the hands of other people. And, but now, I mean, you know me, so now I'm like, I'll delegate everything. I delegate housework, shopping, groceries, you want to rehab this, just go get what you want. Just (laughs) I think I overdelegate now. (laughs) But it was very difficult for me in the beginning, especially because I didn't know a lot of what I was doing. I was learning by the seat of my pants, and I just... I didn't ever want to risk failing, because when I started, I was so broke, and it was such a dark point in my life, and and I just never wanted to go back to that spot again, but I overcompensated by, like, never taking a minute from doing something that would make sure I didn't go back to that, that place.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so delegating um, is another thing that... And I'm not saying someone new doing their first deal needs to delegate a lot of stuff. I think you need to... If you want to be a rehabber, you need to learn how to rehab. If you want a wholesale, you need to learn it. You need to learn how to do these things so that when you delegate, you know the person you delegated to is doing a good job.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of telling all new investors, you need to do all of it and then find out what you love, delegate it so you know the other person is doing a good job for you. And I mean, I even went as far as learning what title companies do, learning how to do my own title searches. Learning all the sides of the business because I wanted to make sure everybody was doing a good job for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it sounds like a lot of control freak in there, and also
2: <laughs> it, it's really bad. And the older I get, I swear to you, I'm getting like more OCD by the day. Now I'm just like, oh my lord! Now it's, it's like I'm losing my mind <laughs> over it. Ah, so. I've got like a, you know, an amazing manager in Iowa that manages three businesses for me. And I feel like a micromanager. It's I'm where like, I'm, I'm not trying to micromanage you. I just I need more information on a daily basis to know what's happening. Mm. And so it's hard to let go of if you're a person like that. But side of the coin. I know a lot of people that will just delegate everything away and then their business doesn't work and they don't know why. But it's because they never learned their business.
1: Uh, Dwan, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, I've got more questions for Duane, and I'm guessing you all do too. So give us a call at 877 or send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Dwan Bent Twyford, uh, host, by the way, of the Dwanterful podcast that's available any place you want to get podcasts. And uh, we're talking today just about what what's what's made her successful. And and we'll talk too about what she wishes she'd done differently if you if you all want to. But right now we need to go to line one. Beth, who's calling from Columbus. Beth, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for calling.
2: I have a quick question for Dwan. Do you have any advice for how to expend from a single member LLC as you bring different family members into your Rhea business?
1: Ah, be- oh, well, because, because, yeah, because Dwan has literally almost every member of her family. <laughs> In in our real estate business. And that's- I,
2: I really do. We, you know, we just, we have just different LLCs. We have many, many, many at this point. So we just really have different LLCs with our different kids and they own a part, we own a part. And we've got, you know, ones for the our REA group, for the wholesaling, for the rehabbing, for all of our businesses. So we're just different partners with different kids, based on what they're doing with us. So, I originally was like just me, and then it was me and Bill, and then now I have like ten <laughs> LLCs, and and literally, like you know, my son Will and I, you know, we have this one over here, and we do these deals, and then I have this over here, so. I, It's probably a better question for maybe an accountant or somebody like that or a real estate attorney about, hey, I want to bring in different people, different family members, what would be the best thing for me?
1: Well, Duane, actually, I think you were getting at exactly what Beth's underlying question was, which wasn't how do I add shares to my LLC. I think, Beth, what you're asking is how do you handle... I, you know, maybe I got two kids, and one of them only wants to work with me on rehab projects, and the other one's super interested mm-hmm. in managing rentals. And don't I need to have different LLCs with the different kids?
2: That's what we have. We have we have a, a real group in Denver, so that's with my son and his wife. It's a completely separate business. Uh, we have a, a webinar online business, you know, with one of my daughters. And so we just have a lot of different things that different kids are a piece of because they don't all want to do the same things. And um, and I have by myself, I have a couple things alone, but a few things by himself. So we just have a lot of multiple and different percentages of partnership based on who's doing what.
1: And also, Beth, I can, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong about this observation, Dwan, but you don't, you do favor the kids. Obviously, you give them, you know, better things than you would maybe give a complete stranger in a partnership, but you are, you are fairly quick if, it if, you know, we start down the road of this project, son, and it doesn't work out, son, because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing in this case, son. I'll end the project and, and close the LLC. And we'll we'll do other oh, things yes. together.
2: Oh yes, I, I and you know it's funny you say that because we have worked with all of our kids, and which I'm super happy that we have. But we have had a few um, issues along the way where they sort of I maybe felt entitled, like oh mom and dad will just kind of do this for me. And we've literally fired them and said no, we're not going to work with you. You don't bring enough to the table. So when you're ready, come back, and that's the end of it. And I and I have no problem. <laughs> Getting rid of one of my kids on something because, you know, I, I didn't have anyone to help me and guide me like that. It's like, hey, I'm going to guide you and help you in this and that. You need to do the things I'm saying and, you know, not give me slack. If I ask you to do something that you don't like that piece of the business, that's not an option. Mm-hmm. You do all the things that are the piece of this side of it, whatever it is. And if it doesn't work out, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. So we're done with that. And <laughs> so, so Beth, how does that idea
1: make you feel of firing your own kids? I think it's wonderful. Tough love, baby. Well, good, good, cause then you'll do well. <laughs> well. you
2: know what? I, I, I real quick that I am a tough love person. When, when my kids started wanting to buy rentals, they were like, hey, will you guys lend us money for rentals? We said no. I said, we did not give any of our children any money. We said no. This is a list of hard money lenders. This is a list of private money lenders. You go figure it out. You do whatever you want to do. I'm not co-signing anything for you. I'm not doing anything for you. You have been raised. You have all the books and tapes and the training programs that I own and free coaching. So if you can't figure it out, I'm not doing it for you. And some people are like, oh, your kids are so lucky you just gave them everything. I'm like, no, my kids got nothing. They have to work for Everything. Everything. And
1: yeah, Beth, the, the, the the problem, people will tell you not to do business with family, right? And the reason is most people cannot fire their family and still have pleasant dinners together. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And that's, that's the basic reason. So, you know, you've got your thing going, right? You've got your LLC. You're, you're, you're going down your path. And if the kids get interested in going down a path with you, Start another company and see how it goes. And, and don't, don't don't throw the kids into it who aren't interested. Do not, do not, do not, do not try to make your kids interested by putting, by putting them into some kind of, you know, profit sharing arrangement with you because they'll take it but they won't get interested. That's not, that's not, that never works. It never ever ever works. Um, and-,
2: and you know, uh, just a technical real quick. We started uh, an LLC called Cab, K A B, with Chris, Ayla, and Billy. So we started this with the kids. They were, you know, everybody was all equal. Well, then Chris didn't want to do it, and so we're like, okay, no problem. You know, you're out. And then you know, Ayla took off for a while. Okay, you're out. And then Billy was like, well, I want to do something else over here. And so we just, I think part of it is if you want to work with your family, is you have to really tell them what you expect of them. And like, make sure they understand, I expect you to do this and this and this or whatever hour or whatever it is. Make sure they fully understand what you want and let them fully understand that should they not, uh, participate and hold up their weight of the deal, that you'll just move on. And, and, and we did. Over the last decade, we've worked off and on. Now all the kids are in. But, you know, it, it was a decade. Of some of them, just oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go live there. I'm going to bounce around and still wanting money. It's like, mm, no, Mama don't play like that. So, <laughs> so
1: it 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 could be Beth that you know you you spin off another little company over here that you and your kid is go- are going to work on together, and that actually becomes the big company. And you mm-hmm. you you know you decide that your company over here, yeah, okay, so it's going to stay open. But you know, really, I'm I'm more enjoying what I'm doing. With my kids here and that's the bigger more profitable company so that's what i'm going to focus on
2: okay yeah that's helpful okay it's a lot of fun working with your kids but you really honestly have to just really a lot of uh disclaimers about what you expect out of them because they are new and they are learning and you know they may really want to build a strong empire with you but a lot of people say the words i want to be a millionaire but they're not willing to do the actual work it takes to get there, including your own family. So if they're not willing to put in the actual work, I'm just like, no, nope, I, I can't do it. We're, I want to still love you and look forward to seeing you, so we're going to cut this off right now before I feel like killing you. <laughs> yeah, I have one that I that cut all with in. All three of my children, I've had it with all three of my kids, and they were like, okay, gosh, mom, I don't gosh, mom, me. <laughs> That's all right. awesome.
1: So Thank you. Thank you for your call, Beth. Um, We need to take a quick break. I want to encourage um, Roberto, if you can call, I I see your email, but if you can call 877-772-9658, I think we need to have more of a discussion about this than a one-way thing based on your email. So if you can call during the break, that would be great. If not, that's okay. We'll still answer your question. Uh, We will be back right after this.
0: Support comes from Ellsworth and Associates, a dedicated team of accounting professionals serving Greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky with over 25 years of experience. They provide real estate investors advice and in tax strategies and business advice in analyzing potential property investments. More information from Ellsworth and Associates at five one three two seven two eight four hundred or at ellsworthcpa.com. dot
3: com. Well, a bunch of new accidents have popped up in the last few minutes and. Fuel spill has uh, Three Rivers Parkway, or US 50, slow at Denning down in Addison. We have a new accident blocking the left lane westbound 275 at 42 up in Sharonville. A new accident, Reading Road at Columbia. Also an accident, Hamilton at Chase down in Northside. Out in Harrison, an accident, Carolina Trace at West Road. Still have a disabled South 71 at Pfeiffer. Also on 32 at Bauer in Batavia accident Harrison at 74 Madison at 275 in Kenton County and a disabled South 75 at the Reagan Highway. The forecast tonight uh, partly cloudy 40, tomorrow sunny and 54, Friday sunny and 61. The full forecast coming up at the top of the hour on Local 12 News.
1: Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host Vina Jones Cox. My guest today, Dwan Bent Twyford, and we're talking just about, you know, stuff how her how her life has come to the point that it is uh today habits philosophies whatever you guys want to talk about uh two quick emails i just want to get out of the way here uh dwan Uh james emailed with a one sentence email he misses denveria and he wants to know if you're going to start it back up again (laughs)
2: <laughs> well that that's a good example for Beth's uh, question I did not like working with my son and my husband in the RIA so I stepped out and let them have it because it was too much contention on my part trying to work with the boys who are sort of like well we do the hard work and you do all the other stuff and it's like no uh, so <laughs> the, the RIA is online right now they're one to start it back up as soon as the Hotels will start letting us again. So yes, they are, but I'm completely out of it because I couldn't work with them. I was like, listen, I'm going to kill both of you. Or, so I'm going to quit and you guys can have it. And I walked away from that because in that specific thing, I couldn't stand working with my husband or my son.
1: <laughs> and then the other, the other thing is just a comment from. From Hez, who says thumbs up, Dwan Bent Twyford. I remember her from the November 2020 summit. Great energy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, okay, we actually do have Roberto on the line. Roberto, welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Hi, Zena. Hi. 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 Hi, so
2: Roberta.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read your email that you sent, and then I had a question. Back to you, and then Dwan can talk to you about this. Uh, Roberto's question was, I'm 38. I've been working in the business for four years as a white-collar landlord primarily, and it's taking a while to build wealth. Any shortcuts to becoming an ender within 10 years or less haven't been able to get rich quick. So my question back to you, Roberto, is what do you see as the thing that is missing that's keeping you from going as fast as you want? Is it, is it money, deals, time? What is it?
3: That's an excellent question, Vina. and it's probably consistency. I probably need more deals. Um, we have great tenants in place, thankfully, but I don't think I'm doing enough of what needs to be done fast enough in order to build that wealth that we seek.
2: If
1: that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Have you, so you're, 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 pri- you're primarily like traditionally buying traditional rentals and then renting them out. Have you figured out how many properties you're going to need to own before you feel like you're an ender? You're, and for, for folks who haven't heard that term, uh, what that means is, uh, Roberto wants to feel like I've got enough passive income coming in that I can totally cover my own lifestyle do what I want to do, not have to work if I don't want to work. So, Roberto, have you figured out how many units that is where you live? So I
3: have a freedom number, Mm -hmm. and it's probably going to take around another, I would say, 10 more units Mm -hmm. to get to that passive income number. Where we invest, we're in a couple of different markets. We're in Virginia, Chicago, and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So, ten more units between those four markets should do the trick. Okay, Andrew,
2: Roberto. The- and how many? How many? If you don't mind me asking, how many do you have now? Four. Yes, yeah, four. Okay. Yes, so I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna jump on here for a minute, Vina, uh, and, and just uh, give you, uh, Roberto. I have this thing I call it the power of thirteen. And I started doing this and teaching this a few years ago, and I'm in the process of updating a rental program about this. So I'm just going to give. So we're just going to use easy numbers and easy math, so we can uh, everybody can understand it. So my theory is, if you own 13 rentals, and let's just say they're all paid for, and each one brings in a thousand dollars a month. You can take the income, that's thirteen thousand bucks. You can take the uh, three of them. Every dime should go into the bank for taxes, repairs, unexpected furnaces, ACs, whatever, and live off of the ten. So you have ten rentals or a thousand bucks a month. You have thirteen thousand dollars coming in every month. You put three thousand away, like it doesn't exist, and ten thousand is your money to live on. And Most people in America, if they had all their bills and houses and everything paid for, they could live on $10,000 a month. And if you want to live on $20,000 a month, then get 13 more rentals. But just as you're saying, you have four, you want 10 more, you want 14. So part of that concept is, okay, I get 14. So four of these, that money pays for all of them so I can live off these other ones. Yeah, what a lot of people do is they start using all their rental income for living and they don't really put enough on the side for insurance or taxes or, you know, a tornado comes through and they don't have money put aside. And then they find themselves in situations where it's like, oh, my gosh, what do I do with all my rentals? Now, for me personally, I'm a big believer in getting all your rentals paid for. I know a lot of people say leverage them, use that money, reinvest it. I am a fan of have everything paid for, have everything in an LLC or have it in a land trust. So no matter what happens with the market going up or down, it doesn't affect you because your rentals are paid for, and therefore you don't lose them when a market crashes.
1: Are your four rentals paid for, Roberto?
3: No, they're not. They're conservatively leverage probably 50% on each
1: one. Mm-hmm. So you have two. So, you have two things to do. You got it. You, you, you've done your numbers, and you've said you need ten more. So you have to both get ten more, and then figure out how to pay off all fourteen of them to get to ender status. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. Ten thousand in passive income is rich to me.
2: <laughs> so, so my thought is like buy a rental and then flip three houses, wholesale three houses. And use that money to pay one off and then buy a rental and then wholesale, you know, three or four, whatever it takes and, and pay them off. Or let's just say you said you own them all at 50%. If you had 14 at 50%, could you sell two or three to pay off the rest of them and then get a few more again and, and do it that way? So, and I know a lot of people are, you know, oh, and leverage, 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 but you know, after the 2008 and now with COVID, who knows what property values are going to be? So I always want all my stuff paid for, and I am not a believer in keeping everything leveraged because if it's always leveraged, there's not really a whole lot of income mm-hmm. off of a rental if you owe a lot of money on it. But being at 50%, that's awesome already.
1: So Roberto, it sounds like you 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 started out with an answer to your own question, which is you know how do I how do I do this faster. And you said consistency might be an issue. And then the second piece here that Dwan is saying you maybe need to fill in the blanks on is how do I also get cash to accelerate? I mean, that would both accelerate your ability to buy and also accelerate your ability to pay off properties, right? That's correct.
3: That That's sound- exactly what I'm at.
1: Does that, does that sound like some good stuff to sit down and put pen to paper and put out roll out some scenarios and say, you know, which one of these works for me in my life? It's genius. Okay. And, you
2: know, Roberto, one more thing to consider. Sit down, look at what you owe, look at what they're worth, because property values are going crazy right now. Could you sell one and pay off the other three? And have three that are completely debt-free, because the income would... Obviously, be much higher if you didn't owe anything on those. So sometimes it's not a bad idea every now and then to sell one that's just really in an area where prices went crazy, paying the other ones off, giving you more monthly income. So people that own rentals are like, oh, I don't want to sell one. It's like, well, well, wait a minute. What if you could sell one and pay off three, and you'd be making more money?
1: There you go, Rubro. That's very true. You just, you just, you just got advice from the two smartest women in real estate. <laughs> if we do say so, if we do say so ourselves,
2: I, <laughs> we I mean, are. That's, I, what, I, I that's what I used agree. to do. And I would every time I would get five rentals, I would flip a bunch of houses and pay them off, and then I would get five more and flip a bunch of houses and pay them off, and that's how I've ended up with all of this paid for because I didn't just keep making the monthly payments. I would you know, get a few and then work as hard as I could to pay those off before I got more. Now that might not work for everybody, but that has worked for me.
1: There you go. Success secret, Roberto. Thank you for calling. I like <laughs>
3: appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much for yeah. this well. I really appreciate it.
1: All right. Oh, thanks, honey. It's a great question. So I believe that we are out of time, believe it or not, Dwan. But oh, you know, sorry, we we, so fast. we got to what we wanted to get to, which was inside real non-guru Dwan secrets. So I appreciate you. Glad you came on. Look forward to seeing thanks you again soon. Me. We'll be back yeah. next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.